Porn, 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 Hello, neighbors. It's episode three, the thrilling conclusion to our discussion with Al. During last episode's cliffhanger, Al had revealed her interest in mind control erotica, which is where we're starting now. If you or someone you know would like to be an anonymous guest, please call. 785-251-8314. Here's Al. Are there, is it fan fiction? Uh, like the way that they're common characters repurposed? No, they're just, you know, it's somebody decided stories. to write a okay. short story about, you know, uh, a girl who, you know, I mean, they're on every, they have a bunch of different categories, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's a girl who, you know, got hypnotized and is now a bimbo. Okay. Or it's a guy who suddenly discovers he has this power to mind control everybody and makes his own little harem or, you know, it, they're all over the place. Wow. Okay. And some um, of them are short stories. Some of them are like these multi-chapter books. Yeah. I, I did not know that this, uh, I mean, on one hand, we assume that any anything can be turned turn pornographic i forget what the internet slang is for rule 34 rule 34 there we go um but it never occurred to me that like mind control because yeah that is like almost the ultimate domination right right um it reminds the thing that came to mind immediately was uh jessica jones that tv show um because that was I'm, i'm not a huge comic book person or like superhero person but the the david tennant villain and the whole the, the way they explore the issues of like free will and agency through this mm-hmm. this supervillain really really it grabbed me. It was so me. good. Yeah, it was it was it was terrifying, um, in a, in a very unique way for a supervillain. And um, mm-hmm. and David Tennant is brilliant. Oh so, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You sold. They sold me the second they said, um, "Oh God, I'm blanking on her name." The the woman who played Jessica Jones. And oh, then they said uh, David Tennant, Ritter. and I was like, done, sold. This could be yeah. terrible, but I will watch it. Yeah, yeah. They are both uh, very beautiful, have very distinct voices, very distinct presences. Um, yeah, really, mm-hmm. really. I I didn't stick with the show. I didn't I didn't see how it ended. Um, but the first season, at least, was just really mesmerizing. I guess, uh, no, uh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> so the uh, the I'm I'm really interested in these mind control stories. So yeah. They, the, are they're written from the perspective of the controller. I've seen them the in hypnotized? every which perspective. Okay. You know, the person who gets controlled, the person who's doing the controlling. I, you know, there are some third person, although that seems to be, uh, not as common. Okay. And and they're I mean, all and these people write these great stories, and it's like. This is a talent. Yeah, sure. It's just mind blowing. So, does there do this? The stories tend to do do the do the women wake up? I assume it's mostly a male uh, mind controller and a female who is controlled. That's mostly what I read. Yes, that's what you read. Okay, and mm-hmm. does does she normally? Is it is it perpetual? Does she? come out is she taken out of that state at the end there's a there's a variety most of the ones that i tend to go to are the perpetual you know you're 
you're now a slave, you're my bimbo, you're my slut. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there are somewhere it's like they're hypnotized and the hypnotist says this magic word and suddenly they're under their complete control and then they mm-hmm. wake up like nothing ever happened and oh. don't realize like, why does my butt hurt so much? <laughs> okay. Wow. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it kind of depends that there's just the stories are there's one story where um, a woman is a pain in the ass client on a train. And so they put her in this special suite and in this special suite, this serum that that she drinks because they're like, oh, it's a it's a cocktail since you're a VIP and VIP is like a very big pain in the ass or something like that. Uh-huh. And this cocktail that she drinks turns her into a bimbo and like Mm. the sinking, the the sound of the clacking of the train tracks is like what puts her back into this state. So like there's a part in the part in the story where like the train stops and she goes back to normal and she's like, what is going on? And then the train starts up again and she's like, no, she's like, no, 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 no. Cause she realizes what's going to happen. Wow. Okay. So she's like resistant. Um. Mm hmm interesting okay so there is like your would you call it your number one i don't maybe kink's not the right word so but so excuse me if it's not but that's your number one kink is kind of that surrendering control yeah yeah i would definitely say so okay can you think about does it seem like that comes from anywhere or are you are you at I mean, the stereotype is that people who in the bedroom want to surrender control are the people mm-hmm. who in life need to have control like 24-7. I wouldn't say I'm a control freak by by any, like, I am not a super type A personality. I'm not a control freak, but like, I'm a very dominant person out in, in the wild I see. Um, on the street, you know, like. I'm 29 and I have a director position at my job. Like, okay. you know, so I, I am an authority figure in, in what I do, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think some of that comes back to just, you know, like I'm always the one taking charge at work. I, you know, get things done and then I come home and I think sometimes it's just the, I want to be taken care of. Is this something you practice with your, your man, your fellow? Yes. Yes. And, do you do you end up uh, directing the situation, so to speak? No. Or no. okay, so the whole thing he, is you don't want to have to say anything. You just want him to act. Yeah, okay, and and cool. it's taken. I mean, when when he and I first started dating, he was very new to the BDSM world, mm-hmm. and he, I mean, he dove in headfirst, and like it's one of those things. Like now, I can sit here and say, like, I'm so proud of him because he, <laughs> he did all the research. He looked up stuff. He's like how to do aftercare, you know, how to take care of it. Wow. And like, he'll, you know, like there'll be times when he's, he's like, okay, like I want to have playtime, which is what we call it. Okay. He'll be like, I want to have playtime. What are your limits right now? Got, right. Uh, like, do you want to have at like, this moment? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, do you want to, do you want to have anal today? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And he, res- he absolutely respects whatever boundaries that I put up at mm-hmm. that time, because, you know, sometimes I don't want to do anal and sometimes I don't want to get the, the, you know, like I don't want to be hit very hard or, uh-huh. you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And, you know, or, or I'm close to my period and my nipples are sensitive and I don't want nipple clamps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and sometimes I'm like, I really want you to do this. I'm really looking forward to getting this done. 
Yeah. You know, and he and he respects that. And it's funny because like there is an entirely like I have a collar that I wear. And, you know, when that collar goes on, it's an entirely different dynamic. He and I are very much equals on, you know, on a regular basis on on the day to day. We are very much equals. We respect each other. We love each other. Uh You know, we we butt heads. like none other he and i are probably two of the most stubborn people that could ever end up together but as soon as that collar goes on that dynamic completely changes wow how um how long does the collar does the collar extend to like outside of the bedroom I, I, we have not gotten there yet um okay. he has talked about me wanting me to wear the collar outside of the bedroom um, I just haven't more so because of, um, where I am in my life in terms of the people around me most of the time, Oh, uh, you know, he, like he's... I would never, I would never go home with that on, but you know, like yeah. I've talked to him about like, if you want to do something like that, I would wear like a very specific necklace or neck piece instead of like, cause that collar is a big, it's, it's, you know, like a uh, two inch so, wide leather so he wants collar. To, he wants to leave the house with with the dog collar well i mean it's collar, just it's me. more so like really when he talks about leaving the house it's more so for his entertainment than anything else like it's not like uh-huh. he's gonna make me masturbate in the car yeah yeah okay it's just more so for the for you know like if i have the collar there's a there's a very specific psychology that happens or i i don't know if that's the right word for it there's a very specific mentality to it and he wants to see that happen in real life you know he wants to order me around at the grocery store and you know stuff Uh like that but it's you know when we've talked about doing it outside of the bedroom yeah it's always been in a kind of a more fun playful way than a real sexual way yeah okay and is it is the um as you can tell i'm i'm grasping for the language um but is it is there always uh is it always an overtly sexual experience with the collar and with being dominated or is there a time when there's like no touching or it is it is always um it always revolves around sex for us uh-huh. but it is also extremely like it can be very emotional for me and one of his favorite things is like it will just be so much and I I start bawling and he knows it's not like I'm upset, but it's just like this emotional release. Interesting. And like, so, you know, we'll, we'll both, you know, it'll, you know, it'll start. Both of us will, will, you know, we'll finish. And then I just like, am so overwhelmed that I just start crying. And a lot of times, admittedly playtime happens with, um, with weed. Okay. So weed is involved. And I think that that's part of the the heightened emotions. It's for me, what I love about marijuana and playtime is just like the blending of sensations. Okay. And then at the end, you just kind of let go emotionally. Mm -hmm. Wow. And is it like a, you, you sob, you. There has definitely been sobbing. Mm -hmm. And it's not, uh, it's, it's not, you're not sad or it's it's everything bundled together or it's elation or is it it's it's not sadness it's it's usually just like i I know there have been a number of times where i've been like oh my god i love you so much oh i see okay yeah yeah yeah. 
No, it's a beautiful thing. It, yeah, it, and, you know, there are times when, like, I've gone through rough periods and, like, you know, I've I've started crying and then it's kind of turned into, you know, outside of the bedroom, holy shit, my life is so overwhelming right now and this is just, like, it's, it's like, a release of everything. Like, I'm crying because I am happy and then the floodgates open and it's like, he'll be like, uh-oh, uh-oh, nope, this isn't what I wanted to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can relate to that. Yeah, it's, it's always... Uh... Yeah, I think sex after, or excuse me, crying after sex uh, for the partner. I've been the partner who's who's witnessed that, and uh, it can be um, alarming because you don't know if something's wrong. And and uh, women I've been with who have this experience, it's it's kind of hard to art. It can be hard to articulate exactly what's going on, other than it's yeah, like, especially in the moment. Yeah, it's like there's no problem but I also can't really explain what's happening. So you don't need to worry, but I also can't really talk about it right now. Um, yeah. And yeah I mean, that that's like the perfect way to explain it. Yeah. And I, so I've learned to just kind of observe and be supportive and, you know, be there, but you know, it's still, there's a, there's a little part of me that's like, I want to help. I want to help. I don't know how. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and usually <laughs> my partner will just kind of hold me and, and, you know, that's usually, when we both kind of pass out, he, he's untying the ropes because, you know, usually when I'm crying, I'm trying to breathe and the ropes, he likes to tie them tight. And, mm. you know, so it's just like, he's just trying to get me out. So I have room to breathe. Okay. And so the ropes are going beyond your hands now. Yeah. Or, or so ha we use, have been for, we for... use rope, um, around, he'll bind my wrists, he'll bind my ankles, he'll bind my chest. Kind of a, it his the chest is his favorite part. He is a boobs man okay. through and through. <laughs> does he does he go around the the root of the breast or he goes across? Uh, he will go. Um, he usually does two pieces. It usually takes two pieces of rope, and the first piece will go top and bottom, and then the second piece will go around and kind of like tighten them so they're they're up. And um, I'm trying to think the right word like. Like up and presented. There we go. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, um, so you're, what about your legs? Are you pretty immobile? Uh, he, he doesn't, we haven't really done too much with the leg binding. Um, especially part of it is because I, um, I, I'm like, I don't know why. No, I do know why. Um, I actually had hips when he and I first started dating, I was about a month after um a major hip surgery oh wow and i think for the first like year he was very cautious of of hurting me yeah um and then uh in 2018 i had to have surgery on my other hip oh. so we haven't done too much of that just because he doesn't want to hurt my my hips yeah yeah okay and you but have you made a you made a full recovery and everything you're good oh yeah it was okay. um my hips are tilted the wrong way and, and it tore, um, the labrum, which lines your hip socket. Ooh, okay. And so they basically had to go in and repair it. And that, you know, it's, it sounds really easy when I say that a lot. I'm like, yeah, they repaired it, shaved some bone and, you know, but it was like six months of physical therapy. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, my dad has two uh, titanium hips and that, that shit took forever. Um, yeah. so anything, anything, anything dealing with, with that part of the body is pretty, pretty extreme. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was funny because I remember like talking to him about like the second time around thinking like, man, I don't remember X, Y, and Z. He's like, I remember you complaining about that all the time after the first one. <laughs> D 
Do you um do you guys do you guys watch porn together? We really don't. He um he went through a very dark period in his life. Um and he was kind of borderline alcoholic porn addict and so he really doesn't he really does not watch that much pornography anymore. Sure. Um he he's one of those things he he has his own spank bank of pictures of me. But he, okay. you know, like he used to go to Tumblr all the time because they were gifts, yeah. um, you know, were short clips, but he really doesn't like, he hardly ever watches like, you know, like the, the Pornhub links clips. Uh-huh. And mostly because he had a, it, it, uh, interfered with his life, uh, at a certain point. Yeah. Um, well, it, but he's at a place now where he doesn't need to totally abstain. It's, it's, uh. He's found a way to like manage it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, it's it's those shorter clips that what he used to use, and you know, now he, you know, he has his own little personal bank of pictures of me when I'm tied up, or you know, little video clips of me, and that's mostly what he uses. Wow, how long, um, how long have you been making your own uh, porn or? I don't know what if you would call it porn if it's for is it for his eyes only or is it Oh yeah, it's absolutely okay. personal. This is not this does not get anywhere outside of him and I. Yeah. And it, is um, that... I mean, we've started doing it like when he started really like delving into the BDSM world um probably about uh, 6 months to a year into our relationship was really when he kind of did a lot of the research and started doing more digging. And when we started like buying more toys and things like that, that's when he really was like, I, it, at first it was like, I just want to take pictures of this because this is cool. And then he realized yeah. like, Oh, this is my spank bank now. Yeah. Wow. W- did you have any misgivings about it? What did it make you nervous at all? Had you done pictures before? Um, I had had um, an ex of mine want me to, um, an ex of mine was a bit of a voyeur and he wanted me to go sleep with somebody and take pictures. Mm. And so I'd, I'd done that before, but that was still like private only. Sure. Um, my biggest concern with, with something like pictures is privacy. I yeah. mean, that's, you know, like I don't want them on the cloud. You yeah, know, we've exactly. seen what happens when they're on the cloud, you know, we've uh-huh. seen what happens when they're, you know, so we try and keep them stored in places that are, you know, very difficult to to access mm-hmm. so it, it i imagine it's a turn on to know that he i mean it sounds like the bulk of his porn consumption involves you it it does it's it's a little um it's a little strange sometimes uh because i i guess to me like porn is so normal yeah that i'm just like just watch porn and you know i know that that's not a good option for him so it is flattering but it's also like that is a lot of pictures of me oh yeah how many uh are are we talking like hundreds i I mean i have no idea how many he's got because you know like he'll take the pictures and like i'm in this you know weed induced haze of not realizing like (laughs) i know i know he's taking these pictures Yeah, yeah but like I couldn't tell you how many times he takes them or how many there are. I have oh. no idea. Oh, so you don't you don't look at them together? No, no. They're those are kind of like his. Like he's okay. sent them to me and like been like I want to see you like this again. Mm-hmm. But like 
it's it, watching myself is not is not a turn on for me. Oh my god, I I caught myself in a mirror once, and I thought for a second I was never gonna have sex again. I think <laughs> the last Our, thing, the last thing I want to see is myself having sex for sure. Well, and that's that's the funny thing is the house that we we got together out of state. There are in the bedroom. There are you know like the the mirrors for sliding doors and for the closets. Oh no. And I'm just like, I don't know, like, I can't, I can't look at it. Like, even if I'm lying in bed and I'm like looking at myself, I'm like, this is just weird. Yeah, no, I, I, th- th- those curtains would go up for me day one. I can't, it's just, that's, I, if people have a healthy ego and would, you know, enjoy watching themselves uh, on the job, more power to them. It just, for me, it's like, it makes me want to become celibate. Um, oh yeah he doesn't he doesn't mind them but i'm like i just i don't like looking at myself and and he's like pulled my hair back and made me watch and i'm just like oh as part of as part of like the domination Mm -hmm. he'll pull my hair and he'll be like watch and i'm like and i'm like i'm watching but this is this part is for you because i just this is weird to me yeah oh my god or i'll just like close my eyes and be like okay this is better do you have any favorite performers I really don't like I've never gotten into the oh, my God, there's one specific performer. That's really never been my never been my style. There was one girl um, before I lived in Spain who was Spanish. And I for the life of me, I don't remember her name. Yeah. And I think the first time I ever saw her was like one of the first double penetration videos I'd ever seen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I liked her was because she did a lot of those. It wasn't like who she was. And it was one of those, like, I just didn't watch it for so long. You know, it seems like, like there have been videos on Pornhub that I've looked at and I've been like, I have to go back to this. And then I can never find it again. (laughs) That was, that's another thing I want to That was a good one. That's another thing I want to bring up with guests is I think a lot of us have these, like, uh, this, it's like a very vivid memory, but because the search terms are all the same and the titles get changed and stuff gets taken down. There's like everybody kind of has multiple like holy grails where it's like the hottest thing you ever had ever seen in your life. And it's just disappeared forever. It's just gone. Um, yeah. I, and it's just like, oh, you know, like um, dad bangs stepdaughter gives you millions and millions of results. Oh, totally. And, yeah. you know, that one video that you're looking for. It's uh-huh. like, you know, you're on page 53 and you're still having found it. And it's like, I yeah. will never find this video ever again. Yeah. And, and for me, I'm always like, well, I, why don't I write this down? Why don't I bookmark it? But then again, but then it's like, it feels like dirty and kind of shameful. I, I don't think I'm prone to shame when it comes to porn, but there's a, I guess for me, there's a line I don't want to cross where I'm like bookmarking and like taking notes and I have like an extra document, <laughs> which is kind yeah. of silly. I didn't realize it till till talking with you about it. But yeah, that's just that's a line that self that like unconsciously I don't feel good crossing, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, would actually make it probably a little bit easier when, you know, sometimes you get an itch and there's one thing mm-hmm. that, you know, will scratch it. And otherwise it'll take you 20 minutes to find uh, a substitute when you could just right. go to the source if you had it. Well, and see, that's that I think was what happened when um, Tumblr stopped allowing porn. 
Yeah. Is because there was a lot of really phenomenal porn on Tumblr. Oh my god. And yeah. then it disappeared and it was just like shit. Yeah, yeah. That was I mean, that was a real uh, I, I, not to sound corny, but it was a special place for for porn. You know, you, you could find anything and everything, and it was it was fantastic because that was the best place for me to yeah. like try something out. Yeah, yeah. It was like, am I gonna like this? I don't mm-hmm. know. Let me look on Tumblr, and then it was like pages and pages and pages of uh-huh. you know that topic, and it was just like you could see uh-huh. a lot of that really quickly. And like, I really liked some of the stories that went with it. I oh, really yeah. liked the gifts, you know? And so like, I really liked that format and to be able to scroll through quickly and, you know, try a bunch of things. And I was like, you know, I could tell within a couple scrolls and like, okay, I don't like this or I really like this and, you know, move mm-hmm. on to the next thing or, or do my business. And, yeah. and it's then like a... that went away and you were like, well, fuck, where am I going to find this now? Yeah, to yeah, to me it was like an early example of uh, these days uh, the the internet like offers, you know, this infinite amount of information and we increasingly rely on like curators to kind of organize everything that's out there, whether it's porn mm-hmm. or music, you know, Spotify has the playlists um right. they're like Pandora because it's like left to our own devices it's just it's kind of overwhelming how much shit there is. You know, Netflix right. makes those recommendations. And Tumblr was like this perfect like it wasn't just this faceless or the or, or the alternative, like going to a porn website where it was the producers of the porn trying to get you to spend money on the website would give you like free previews or whatever. It's like the Tumblr. Mm-hmm. It's like they were real people. They tended to be real people who were expressing what they were into. It was all very sincere and very earnest. Mm-hmm. And, but still like very out, sometimes very out there, like erotically and very like on the edge. But you could mm-hmm. tell it was like, for the most part, run organized by real people. And that felt a little bit less seedy than a lot of like the professional websites were. Right. Well, and then part of what I liked about Tumblr is people could take an ordinary picture and write a story with it Mm, and like so you know you go and look for um some of the kind of forced sex videos and like you can tell it's very directed but you could take a picture and of of a guy having sex with a woman and write a story about how he pushed her down and and Mm -hmm. you know she struggled and like make it sound really really like almost kind of rapey without having to put somebody either put somebody in danger or make it look fake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, um, Oh, that was something I wanted to ask you earlier because you were into the, uh, the fiction. Do you, were you, are you still masturbating to the fiction or is that more of a purely like literary, like reading the fan fiction or the The literary stuff? Well, the erotica. Yeah. Um, I still, I still do it. You know, I still visit Literatica on a regular mm-hmm. basis. It's like, there are days when I'm on Pornhub and it's just kind of like, nothing's really piquing my interest. Uh-huh. And it's, it's kind of usually one of those, like I'm either on Literatica or I'm on Pornhub. Okay. Those are you, that was another one of my questions is, uh, what, what's the go-to? So the go-to is, do you find your experience there? It's like, does it take you the same amount of time to come or 
It's just, I think it's just different, you know, because uh-huh. it's hard to make a mind control video. That's, and yeah. so you, I you, think it's just. You would just, need some great, that, that takes really good acting, I think. Right. And I think it takes, it does take longer just for the sheer fact that, you know, sometimes there's stories and there's, you know, like the setup to the plot and you have okay. to read through that to get to the good stuff. Yeah. And so like it takes longer in that sense, but they're also, like I said, like, you know, you can read a story and within the first couple of paragraphs, know like, am I wasting my time or is this going to be a good one? Yeah. You know, and yeah. there are some on there that aren't great. And there are some where I've gotten to it and I'm like, nah, this is just, isn't my style. Sure. So there's just something about it where I'm like, no, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't like this one. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, that reminds me of being a kid. And when my mom was out of the house, my mom loved those like Harlequin romances with uh-huh. Fabio on the cover. And there was no pornography in my house. Um, This would have been in like the early 90s. So way before internet porn, my dad, I couldn't, I could never find magazines uh, under my dad's bed or anything despite looking. So the closest thing I had to sexually charged material was these Harlequin romance novels with Fabio on the cover. And I just remember thumbing through them as fast as I could just to get to like the sex scenes. Um, yeah, I, I remember um, in high school, I had bought a book once that had, um, you know, I read the jacket and it looks like it was a it was one of those. I was like, this is going to be a really good story. And it was one of those like historical. It set back. It set back like right before the mm. French Revolution in England or part in England, part in France. And then I was like reading, reading it and reading it. And I'm like, then there's this big sex scene at the end. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I was not expecting that. Cause I just, I just like, it just looks like a good book. And then yeah. I didn't realize it was part of a series. And so like, I picked up the next series and I remember thumbing through it, trying to find out like, is there a sex scene in this? And I was like, huzzah, there is. And I just remember like <laughs> buying a whole bunch of those books because I was just like, like it wasn't it wasn't like a Harlequin Harlequin romance, but it was just like there just it was always a sex scene in the yeah, book. Yeah, there's 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 always one and uh, any port in a storm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, and you know, because I wasn't watching anything when I was in high school, so that was kind of how I was. And I remember reading um, it was a book that got turned into a show at one point. Um, it was like the Crimson Petal and the White, and it's about this woman who was a prostitute who became a governess for one of her dons. And like, it was this really long, thick, thick book. I mean, this is a multi, you know, a couple hundred pages, like 500 pages, teeny tiny print. Uh And I just was like fascinated by it. Wow. Hey, that, whatever gets kids reading, whatever gets young people reading is I'm all for it. I think I remember because like we had to do book reports in, in high school and I remember bringing this to the book report, and I think I remember my teacher just looking at it like, what the hell are you reading? <laughs> I was like, it's a good, like, it was a good story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was just, like, about a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as as many are, especially, you know, uh, books taking place in the, the 19th century, the 18th century. Yeah. It's like yeah, exactly. some, some and good literature. Like, yeah. I was like, it, it's a good story. And I was like, yeah. it's about this prostitute. And he was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was, God, that do was you, a weird time. 
Um, so to go back to gangbangs real quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the road you, that leads get back to gangbangs. Uh, yes, all roads with Al lead back to gangbangs. Um, is the woman more of a concern than the men? As far as like your attraction? Is that your... F- uh, I guess it's like, are you looking for a certain... Like for certain types of men like if do you want the men to appeal to you or is it more about the woman appealing to you as like a relatable um, figure I, I you know i never really think about that that much i think it's more about the like like i said i kind of like the forcefulness of okay. gangbangs yeah um so you know like i think the one that i watched the other night was um you know like a girl on her her birthday getting woken up by robbers who are all wearing masks Oh, and okay. she was like a blonde girl and, mm-hmm. you know, had average size boobs. And, you know, like I, I and I know I have watched some with, you know, big boob, br- br- brunette hair. You know, the women have never really made a difference to me. And I really don't think the men have made a difference to me. You know, and there's there's something in my mind about like if I'm going for the kind of creepier, forceful vibe, like the uglier the guys are, the better. Mm hmm. Like, like the more ugly is is not a nice way of saying it. The more um, unconventionally unconventional men makes for a better kind of forced, forced story. In these, in the in the in the videos, in the ones that excite you, are they are the women resistant the whole time, or do they acquiesce eventually, or? I think most of them, most of them end up acquiescing eventually. You know, I think that's just kind of how those, how those, you know, you can only, I mean, as an actor or actress, I can imagine fighting constantly, you know, while filming something like that gets exhausting. Yeah, sure. Would it be more exciting for you? And, and is that part exciting to you or would, are you, would you prefer like more struggle? I, you know, I, I don't think so. I, I feel at least for me, you know, after a while, like them being in on it, I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't make me go either way. Okay. I see. Interesting. Do you, do you remember the best, do you have a best favoritist porn that you've ever watched? Oh, I really, really like, um, so kink.com, um, used to do the upper floor. And okay. those were my favorite. It, it wasn't just one specific video. Those were my favorite. Mm-hmm. What about? And I actually went a few years ago to the kink.com studio while it was still at the Citadel in San Francisco. Oh, wow. That was, that was fun. Did, was it like a guided tour? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was funny because, you know, you, you buy your tickets, you show up at the door. They don't let everybody in until, you know, everybody's there. They bring you into a normal room and they basically say, like if you're looking for the history of the of the Citadel, this is not a this is not a historical tour. This is a tour of a porn studio. <laughs> you know, and they and they kind of jokingly say it, and like you know, everybody's yeah. like, ha ha ha. We know we're all here for the porn studio. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's it's it was really eye opening because you know, like we all again we all watch porn, yeah, but we don't always go thinking about what goes into it. You know, sure, one of the yeah. things that they, one of the things that they said was like with kink.com, um, the director of the, of the, you know, of the piece is usually the dominant. 
And I'm like, I had no idea, but that makes sense. That way they control the situation. Yeah. I like that, that, you know, and they were like, everything you see in this, in these studios is on purpose. The, you know, there's a, a room that looks like, um, like a padded cell in an insane asylum. Mm-hmm. And they're like the rust that looks like it's coming from the screws. Like that's all on purpose. That's, that's made to look like that. Wow. Okay. So that's all fabricated. It's, it's all design painting, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is that they've done. They said the only room where it's not, where things aren't done on purpose was a room in the basement because they had part of, I don't know what river it is that flows through there. And it used to be when it was, uh, it's not the Citadel, it's the armory. Um, okay. When it was used as, an, as a military armory, there were, um, like, it was, they, they did, like, range practice in there. So there were, like, bullet holes in the wall, but they were on there on purpose. Like, people had been shooting in that in that room. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, Some 50 good years ambience. ago, though. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that was a good series. Uh, that series uh, was, a, was a favorite. There was I saw yeah, so it's it's the top floor this. of their studio. Yeah. And um it's basically so they would have um I know a lot of times it was like a brunch service and they would have like their the um the women of the house and then the guys uh Stefano was like the the MC of the event and like these were people who were in San Francisco who lived in San Francisco who were involved in the kink community. Mm. like would be invited and they would you know the, it was all bdsm and these girls were serving the house and it was you know hold up this tray with with food on it and you can't let it slip or you know you know you do what they tell you to do and you are at their mercy completely mm-hmm. wow you know and the the tables have um um tie down points you know everything is like it is really interesting to see all the furniture because it's all dual purpose. It's, you know, a, a table to put your drinks on, but it's also a tie down point where you can tie somebody to the, to the table. Wow. And it was you, just, it was fascinating. I bet. Yeah. I saw a documentary about kink.com, uh, like a couple of years ago. I forget what it was called. It might've been called kink.com, but it was a very interesting organization. Um, as porn documentaries go, it seemed the, the most like, welcoming to all sorts of like misfits and um yeah people of different stripes as opposed to like the more uh traditional traditional blonde big Mm -hmm. boobs big dicks all sorts of uh yeah and that's that's exactly what it seemed like when we were there it was you know all different types for all different types yeah wow do you do you are you mostly into the physical aspect of it or does the the verbal domination play a big role in uh, your porn habits and your as well as your bedroom habits? Um, I would definitely say physical is probably the most important. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like the verbal is just it's kind of there like, yes, sometimes it can be a distraction or I don't like it, but it's not the biggest decider on whether I like something or don't like something. Okay. Okay. You know, like, like dirty talk is not, is not like, sometimes it does it for me. Sometimes it doesn't. And it's, it it just depends on the day and depends on my mood. And you know, like there have been times when my boyfriend has said something to me and I've been like, okay, we're going home right now we need to leave. And there have been times when he said something and I've just laughed at him. 
Okay. <laughs> um, so it sounds like you've you've never had shame about the this interest and about the type I of porn would, that you're drawn to, or have you ever gone I through would, that? Um, you know, I think sometimes people are taken aback by how open and honest I'm willing to be about it. Um, you know, I've had some friends who have come to me with, you know, with, with sexual problems or questions and like, I've answered it for them. And, you know, whether it be on pornography or masturbation or, you know, problems with a partner and like, I will answer it. And I didn't, I didn't used to be like this. I think, like this, like it's a bad thing. I, I just think I've become more open about it and I've become, I've realized for me what, how important sex is for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I know that if between my partner and I, I know that if the sex wasn't good, like we, we wouldn't still be together. Okay. Yeah. You know, like that's really important to me. And I think I just like, I've always kind of had this interest in it and, you know, like I, I did burlesque for a little while. I tried oh, belly cool. dance for a little while. And I just, I think as I've become an adult and I think part of it is, you know, like they always say like, um, the rebellious children become normal and the, the quiet children become rebellious. Uh-huh. Like I think, cause I was raised somewhat conservatively in terms of, you know, it's not really something that was ever talked about in my household. Sure. I think I've kind of like had that, you know, like come out about it. Like I'm, much bolder about my sexuality mm-hmm. as an adult than I was as a kid. Ha, are you are you always looking to push barriers with the things that you watch and the things that you do? Not uh, are you all? Um, yeah, are you seeking new challenges and new stimulations? Um, I uh, yeah, I would say so. You know, there's there's always something you know in terms of pornography there's always something else to watch there's something i haven't seen yet there's you know maybe a new genre that i didn't used to like that i like now like when i first started watching porn and masturbating i didn't i was not a big fan of lesbian porn Mm -hmm. and now i watch it on occasion didn't used to happen i did not watch gay porn at all when i was younger and now like one of the big things i love to watch is gay porn yeah you know and so like i think i'm always wanting to try new things, wanting to see new things because, you know, like, especially with my partner, like if we try something new and neither one of us likes it, then like no big deal. Like we tried it. We don't like it. Let's move on. Um, yeah. we, we tried once the, um, the candles and the wax. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> that was like, that happened. And I was like, Nope, never again. We're not doing that ever again. And he was like, he kind of liked it. And I was like, oh, no. and I was just like, I don't like, like it wasn't about like the temperature of like hot wax. I think it was like the surprise. And I don't, I don't like that kind of surprise behind me because he would like, I was face down and he had a dripping on my back. I see. And like, I kept flinching and I think I was just like, "Mm -mm, Nope, I'm no more, please. (laughs) He was like, okay. You know, and we, we tried it and we didn't like it. And you know, we've tried, like he's tried using a cane before and he smacked me once. I was like, Nope. Too much, too much pain. Too much, too yeah. much pain. I was like, absolutely not. Has your has your threshold for pain increased? Oh yeah, 
Yep. And I, I didn't realize it, um, until one day we were, you know, we were, you know, cleaning up from, from, you know, from a playtime and he goes, you know, I hit you a lot harder today than I used to. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. And you really didn't, he's like, you barely even flinched. I was like, oh man. Wow. Yeah. You hadn't noticed. Yeah. I mean like, you know, we joke like he loves spicy food and like my tolerance for spicy food has gone through the roof Yeah. in the last okay. five years. Yeah. Right. As with all things, you get acclimated. Um, what, uh, what's the ratio between vanilla and, uh, playtime in your personally? I would say we probably do, um, we probably do playtime once a month, maybe twice a month. Um, but it's usually, it's, I'd say it's usually about, let's see, 15 times a year. Okay. I mean, we really don't like, this is not a, like for us, playtime is an event. Yeah. Like, I see. We take, you know, it's kind of one of those things like we plan for it like a week in advance. Like we're going to have playtime this weekend. Mm -hmm. And like, there are times when I'm like, I'm just not in the headspace for it. Um, but you know, it's usually like, we're going to do this, you know, we're going to do it in the afternoon and the evening. Cause like our thing is like, get really, really baked have really really good sex you know have, yeah. have playtime and then order pizza and watch movies oh man what a what a weekend that sounds phenomenal like that <laughs> that is like one of my favorite one of my favorite saturday things to do is just you know starting at about three o'clock in the afternoon you just start smoking some weed and then yeah. you know you're high and you're like okay it's time to go to bed and you know then it's you know playtime lasts yeah. a couple hours sometimes and you know, because it's all the mental game, and sometimes sure. it takes a while before penetration ever happens. Yeah. And you know, by the time by the time we're done, we're both like passed out in the bed, just exhausted, and we're like, "Okay, <sighs> pizza." Yeah, that's you know, that's like when you would a a young teenager probably thinks like adulthood. That's like what you fantasize about adulthood being like. It's like you have crazy sex. You smoke a bunch of weed, have crazy sex, eat pizza, and just like chill out. Like it's and it's you know like <laughs> there's some of my favorite times. It's just like it just feels so normal, and it's just you know he jokes because there was one time like I had I had you know I was high, I had just like cried after sex, and he was like I'm gonna order the pizza, and I just started like it was one of those emotional things. I was just so out there. I just started crying. He was like, "Why are you crying?" And I was like, "Pizza." He's like, oh my god, honey. <laughs> oh, that's so, like, what, pizza. A, what a beautiful moment. <laughs> beautiful. Hilarious oh, he makes fun moment. of me. He he like he. I mean, he's told us like his friends kind of know like what we do. Okay. But he's told the story of like we had sex. She was baked. She the, was crying over pizza. The pizza cry. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It, I will never live down the pizza cry. That the pe pizza cry may be the title of the episode. If that's okay with you. Oh well, if you that's totally fine with me. There was also okay. So there have been two great sex moments that we have just laughed at for, and will laugh at for the rest of our lives: pizza sex and then lube farts. <laughs> so we were we were doing anal and you know for some reason it just wasn't i wasn't comfortable but I, I we were still kind of like the first couple of times you know it takes a while to get used to uh -huh. and so he was like okay and it wasn't working so he went back to uh vaginal penetration and you know doing anal forces air up your 
mm-hmm. up your, you know, anal sphincter. And it just, you know, it just started to come out. And because I had lube, it just sounded like these wet. <laughs> and it just like, <laughs> he stops mid thrust and just busted a gut laughing. <laughs> and I was like, at first I was mortified. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a I vulnerable was, moment. I was mortified. And like, now we both look at it and we just laugh. But it was oh. just one of those moments where I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened. You know, because, like, that's – at least for me, like, that's my worst fear is, like, oh yeah, he starts initi- initiating sex, and I'm like, I feel a fart coming on. And you're like, okay, now i got to hold this fart in the whole time we're having sex. Oh. And, like, that has to be one just... of the top reasons people, like, don't have anal sex is, like, fear of – those kind of fears, right? I mean, and he'll tell – you know, like, I'll have a bad day. And like, or I'll feel really terrible about myself. And he'll be like, I have seen up your butthole and I still love you. Oh, <laughs> that, that is true love. I, I love that, that. And I just, you know, like to me, and I'm like, oh my God, I love this guy so much. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I had more questions, but it's like, that seems like the perfect ending to me. <laughs> that works for me well i cannot cannot thank you enough for talking to me this was such a joy yeah no it was actually a lot of fun great great well i will as soon as it drops i will you'll be the first to know perfect sounds great thank you so much yeah thank you we'll we'll, uh, talk to you soon okay sounds good thanks bye bye and that was al Thanks for listening, and please call 785-251-8314 with corrections, complaints, questions, original erotica, or personal stories. Most importantly, though, please call or write if you'd like to be interviewed. One more time, that's 785-251-8314. This concludes Episode 3. We hope you have enjoyed this presentation.